0: blue View, your source for all things everton i'm jerry i have max here max hello hi Jerry. you can tell there's a, a tone we're affecting right now um
1: it's like it's like the it's like bad weather
0: yeah it's a it's a i mean we have it here in north carolina right now it's a very gray day
1: you know? Yeah. The same in Manchester. It's always like that in Manchester though. I was gonna
0: say I've I've heard I've heard these things. Like maybe you have a few yeah. more gray days than we do here Mm-mm, in North always. Carolina. But uh yeah. Um our tone really isn't that much affected by the weather though. Um it's more of the non game we saw on Saturday.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. It was
1: not not a very, very- just, just, just the, the opposite of competitive. Yeah.
0: I would even say not competitive. Because <laughs> that's the opposite. You see? Mm. I, I was I an English major. Up with me. <laughs> no, go- up with me. What was that?
1: Just caught up with me with I'm thinking, what is the opposite of it? <laughs> no, that's, you know, that was just me the being English, a dumbass. The <laughs> English, English major hits the nail on the oh, head.
0: Yeah, by, by saying not. <laughs> uh, that's, that's being a dumbass. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, so we do have a lot to cover today. Um, so for for the the pod people, let me please allow me to to summarize what what this show will look like. We're going to start by giving a quick listen to Edward's instant match reaction. Um, he was not a happy camper, <laughs> just like us. Um, except he was there and recording himself, so we got we got some pretty quick thoughts on that, and we'll talk about about his reaction. Then we'll uh, delve into our own reactions of the city, uh, yeah, non-win, non-tie loss that the scoreline flattered us, frankly. Um, so uh, we'll we'll go into that. Uh, then we will uh, we'll talk about the the mice meetings that have been going on with supporters. Uh, Dan Mice has been meeting uh, to try to talk about their vision for the new stadium and uh, try to get some thoughts, some feedback from from supporters, which is great. The fact that mm-hmm. our club does this, that is, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm excited, frankly, by seeing some of the the images and hearing some of the feedback. Uh, people are getting psyched, and it's it's great. It's awesome. Um, and lastly, we're going to finish. By talking about, uh, there's there's rumors that maybe Everton is is making a signing already. Which Mm. is very not Everton-esque. It's to be making a signing in in early April.
1: The opposite of Everton. Yes.
0: (laughs) Not not Everton. See, we're coining all these revolutionary terms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hopefully people are catching the sarcasm here. Uh, So... But, uh, but, yes, that's, we'll, we'll go into that and uh, do a little talk about him, which we have mentioned him before. Um, so, yes, let us, uh, let's listen to Edward's instant match reaction now. Instant match reaction? Uh, Look well, crap.
2: We are very, 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 very bad. And I don't understand we go for these games against the top six and we go defensive as soon as Schneiderlin is brought in like actually he played okay that's the weird thing Schneiderlin played okay at times in fact the whole team played okay at times but they were very far and few between and like how when we go against the top six we always go defensive all right which is kind of obvious but then why why not go for it like put pressure on it at least you know in the City game early in the season we got a goal because we pressured them and actually went for it but in this one we just did nothing like every player steps far back and does nothing when they get the ball but it's always always against the top six like we'll crumble like we're at home so we should be going for it but we don't like every player just like is about 2 feet away from a man city player and with that quality that city had today don't you know fair play to them they actually were brilliant they they just played us out of the park you know defensively attacking they were brilliant but like you give them that amount of time on the ball they're going to create they're going to kill us they're going to create something and they're going to kill us so i don't know like we've got liverpool next week and we are going to get torn apart. We are going to get torn apart if we play like that. If we do not go for it, we are going to get torn apart.
0: So, having heard that, uh, Max, you you in agreement with that guy?
1: I am. I, I am. I think that the point that he made—that is what most Evertonians are saying—is just a, a, the game plan and, and how we approach the game was just just pathetic, really. Um, the way he said there was two, 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 an Everton man about two foot away from the City player an when they're on the board, and that was the that was the main concern that I had. You know, that when you're playing against Manchester City with the the the, the pace, the, the the power, the the ability to switch the ball and bomb forward, you need a midfield and you need a defence that that's mobile enough to keep up with that and to press them and to to not allow them to have the breaks that they did. And I think me, me and Jerry are talking earlier and. And we highlighted it straight away the, the midfield, Morgan Schneiderlin, Wayne Rooney in midfield. It's just it. It hasn't got the it hasn't got the legs to keep up with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Fernandinho, who absolutely ran this show. Fernandinho, looking back at his stats from that game, you know he, he had near enough to. I think he had fourteen percent of the ball. Everton as a whole only had eighteen percent of the ball. Yeah. Um, I think, honest to God, it was just just gross mismanagement by Allardyce, really. I've tried to be objective as I can and tried to look at this as Sam Allardyce versus Pep Guardiola, and that's pretty much what it was. You know, he couldn't lace Guardiola's boots. He, he, you know, it was just a timid approach. You know, after every kickoff, it was a long ball to the same place and invariably ended up doing the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: It just was so disappointing. So...
0: Our city match reaction, uh, we've seen Edwards' instant match reaction, um, and he's not so happy. So, Max, uh, what are you thinking about that? uh, Yeah, I mean, it reminded me of watching, it was almost like watching Barcelona versus West Brom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? One team sitting back, trying to park the bus, just chill, and the other team just... Connecting passes and and, and and the defending team not even attempting to take the ball, that's what that's what really frustrated me. And the, and the uh, thing is, if Rooney or Schneiderlin had pressed, they're so slow that City would have just gone around them and played around them, it, and it would have left big openings in the middle.
1: We saw we saw that for the, the the second goal, if I'm not mistaken, Phil Jagielka rushed out, and I think it was Leroy Sane who. You know, knocked the ball over his head, quite literally, and ended up setting, setting Jesus up, I think, but it, City were playing such a high line, that was something that I noticed straight away, and I think that's something that Guardiola deploys, really, to, to have most of the football played in the opposition half, and we just, we didn't try and counter that in any way, We we stuck with this long ball approach, and Really, when I say this is Pep Guardiola versus Sam Allardyce, it it was it literally was that it was this clash of philosophies, and we we saw how flexible and fluid one can be, and how how damaging the other can be. In the fact that you know it 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 doesn't combat against these different systems, and I think it just goes to show that he's just way out of the way out of his depth at, depth at Everton.
0: Yeah, um, I was angry the second that the team came out. As soon as I saw it, I said, this is too slow. This is too slow. Uh, There's no way you should be playing Schneiderlin and Rooney uh, as as kind of a a center-mid pairing together without a a very quick defensive presence. You know, Um, the only way – and and frankly, I mean, I – I sound like I'm just completely harping on him. He didn't have the worst game I've seen him play this season, but Schneiderlin, I think, was the person who should not have been starting.
1: I know, but I agree. I've um, I've got a piece coming out on Morgan Schneiderlin. So, you know, I wrote about it, and um, as soon at the end of that, after that match, I, I was already writing the piece, but that match kind of just put the cherry on the top of the cake for me. There was so much for me to go off mm. from it. I mean, I think... Fernandinho took something around 187 touches, I think. Schneidlin only got around 32.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, I think, you, particularly in this day and age in the Premier League, I think it. I think whoever you've got holding midfield can sum up how you play. I feel, and you know the the. The casual, it's amazing to watch Fernandinho. I think he's been by a mile the best holding midfield in the league so far. You know, his casual nature, you see it with, I mean, they're not doing as well, but N'Golo, Kante, and his energy at Chelsea. But, you know, and you you look at Everton and you just think, Morgan Schneider, and he he doesn't do himself any favours. He just coasts through these games when you really think, for the sake of his reputation and, you know, for the sake of the World Cup in the summer, you know, he, he. move himself about and he, he'd try and repair his reputation because we all know that's not in the, the greatest of places at the minute but yeah I think that was the um, the final nail in the coffin with Ireland for me as far as I'm concerned because they had his back for a, a very long time but particularly you know we used to play for Manchester United as does Wayne Rooney coming up against your old rivals you'd expect you know a bit of fire in the belly and a bit of aggression and we just didn't show any signs of that at all
0: yeah, and uh to be fair Rooney didn't have his best game either. He actually had one of the worst games that I've mm. seen him play this season. Um because City were pressing and forcing us to play a lot of defense. Rooney mm. didn't wasn't on the ball much. Hence he's having to play a lot of defense and he cannot stay with any of City's attacking players. In terms of speed, he just can't. Uh, He needed needed somebody to cover his ass, and that was supposed to be Schneiderlin, who plays with zero intensity and zero aggression. So that's the thing. A lot of people say he didn't play that. uh, Schneiderlin didn't play that bad, but did you really see him sprinting? And and trying to win that ball back with reckless abandon. Exactly,
1: and that's that's what you need exactly against Manchester City. You need that intensity and aggression in your play. And, you know, I feel like any other club in the country coming up against the Champions elect, you should be fired up and ready for the game as it is. But if you just kind of consider, again, this expected loss, Mm -hmm. I think is all that Sam chalks it down as. But. My point about this is, it, as Evertonians, we expect to see our game, our team go into games and compete. Doesn't matter who it's against. We we expect to see us compete. If we get beat, we get beat. You know, but we Everton are one of those teams that are expected to compete no matter where they go. And just looking at the possession stats, I know a lot of people say possession doesn't mean everything, but it, you know. The, the the possession stats spoke more about the game than what the scoreline did, as you said earlier.
0: Yeah. Uh, can we both agree where the match got less disgusting? The tiny turning point where it seemed like we actually started giving it a little bit of a go. I don't know how long it lasted, really. Can we both agree that where that was? Do you know where I'm thinking?
1: The Balassi goal? Just
0: before it. We bring in – we take out Rooney, and we bring in Davies. Mm. All right? Mm. Davies, I will give credit to Davies. He actually was – he was actually trying to win the ball back. You know? uh, I I actually thought the game was more tolerable for a short period of time when we actually did press press their goal a little bit. Didn't last long, but –
1: in that, in that, uh, a while ago, I, I wrote a piece on Davies after in, after the Watford game when we got beat by Watford and again, one I remember writing, and, and you know, because I, I something that I thoroughly believe that whenever Davies is on the pitch, and if it, you know if it's a game where we've been beat or we haven't played well, he always tends to be the one shining light of a performance because it's just it, it's that effort and that 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 energy that he brings to the pitch and. Again, I I I know there was a lot of people saying before the game that the game was possibly not suited to him due to the amount of time that he loses the ball and how he can be caught out. Mm -hmm. But I think we'll both agree that coming up against Manchester City, you need that type of energy that he's got. And again, you'll probably agree again that he should have been in the place of Schneiderlin and would have provided more as well. It's just completely and utterly disappointing with how. We, we performed in that game you know as Edward said in, in his match reaction we just sat off and let them yeah. play the game and you can't do that against Manchester City they're, they're one of the best teams that I've ever seen
0: we let them play it mm-hmm. was like I mean honestly uh, uh, here we call it keep <coughs> away I think y'all call it keep ball we were basically just you know just a- yeah. and and we, uh, yeah it was it was very frustrating to watch and it was well it, was, it was an awful game to watch as a neutral I would think. Mm. No, no, I can't even I, say that because I can't even say that because I thought City played some good football for their yeah, goals. It, so as a neutral, did, you it. get to watch one as, team. As, as,
1: a neutral, as a, yeah, I, I, as I was sitting there what, at, at the game, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, okay, Everton are getting absolutely battered here, but try and observe this as a neutral. Try and observe this Manchester City team in full flow, and mm. you know, for periods of the game. I think that's all you, you all you could do. Really, all you could do is. Sit and admire what they were doing. Yeah, um, they, they certainly made certainly made us look look silly. I mean, our wingers were playing as fullbacks at times. You know, it was like we had about six at the back.
0: Yeah. Um. Personally, I would have started. I actually would have had Davies in for DCL, and I would have had Bunny, you know, Boningamy in for Schneiderlin. Because I mm. think he provides the speed in the back. Davies usually gives us more of a spark when, like we talked, we said this like hundred times this season. When he's not forced to be the main defensive presence, Yeah. when you've yeah. got a more defensive minded player back there, and he can kind of go forward, and he was allowed to do that on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. That's the way I would have approached it. I think. We would have had a little more of a chance, but honestly, I get, uh, yeah. but I don't know if the mentality, of the whole team, was ready, was
1: was where it needed to be. No, I, because I, you know, after a lot of defeats this season, we've 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 talked them to heart, and we thought, oh god, that's quite possibly one of the worst defeats we have ever seen or suffer. But but you know, I, I said you'd be you'd be wrong to overreact to to a defeat by, by this Manchester City team. What I do take issue with with though is the way we set up the way that the manager has set them up and what the managers told them to do it was very, you know, it's very clear that the ma- the manager said, you know, when we kick off, play the long ball mm-hmm. <laughs> get as many men up as you can and, and play the long ball, it was clear that the manager would have told them, you know, stand off because, mm-hmm. um, you know, their, their managerial instructions, you know they're, they're what you're told to do by your manager you know and it was a collect as a as a team we were standing off it wasn't as if you know
0: it's almost as though it, it, they were told keep them in front of you keep them in front of mm. you just make sure they're not you know getting past you which is hilarious that Schneiderlin for the first goal didn't track and allowed was it david silva to get that cross like he mm. like literally i think david silva did a one two <laughs> ran behind Schneiderlin who just kind of didn't track uh-huh. with him at all. And it was it's just tough to watch that kind of shit, man, you know? Maybe. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I felt like Baines, although, I mean, I'm, I'm like one of Leighton Baines's biggest fans. I, I love him. I think he's awesome. Uh, I mean, that was my first kit, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think he was exposed a little bit in terms of, Speed
1: Yeah and that, that, that That's what I. That, that's why I saw Yannick balassi You know Covering him so much Because mm. balassi was the only one Really that could You know Catch up to the likes Of Sane And uh, and Sterling Something, something like it. I know, I know we, haven't, we haven't We haven't Didn't mention it But For that first goal How has the The man that's playing On the left side Managed to Find himself Space On the right and And You know It was a it was a lovely finish by Leroy sign of the volley, but again, it goes down to the positional awareness of the players. Who's tracking them, moves? Who's, who's shouting? You know, there's your man. And hope, uh, you know, we 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 it's derby week, and we, we all know how much derby weeks and derby games can take out of us. So we can't let this. We can't, you know, we can't mull over this for too long because a derby win could restore a bit of pride into the se- in the season. But again, I, it's been such a forgetful and underwhelming season.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't just help but just nod my head. Um, so uh, we did get some reactions. Uh, our... our the Toffee Blues Facebook account asked for some reactions to, uh, to the match. And here's a few of them. Uh, John Paul Tully said, First time in a long time we haven't took it to City. It's true, because we didn't take it to them. They literally took mm-hmm. it to us the entire time. Um, Paulette Martin said, This type of kick in law enforcement is considered deadly force. I'm assuming she's talking about City using deadly force. On us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Crocker said, outplayed in our own home. City played with pure class, nothing more to it. Big changes needed from us. Yeah. Alan Doolin said, game was over after 12 minutes. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Dean Holmes said, hey, we got beat by arguably the best team in the world. Um, and Carol Pearl said, us the boys, them the professionals. So, yeah. I mean, there's, I understand all those reactions. Now to Twitter which the uh, the prompt was a little bit different, uh, three-word mm-hmm. reaction. Uh, Owen Parks and Ian Simcox both said the same thing. Roll on May. <laughs> I agree with all of these, Right by the way. Yeah. Uh, ironies, I guess that's how, said uh, championship league quality. I understand that. Uh, Alexandra Greenway said, and this is one of my favorites, a complete omnishambles. shambles I've I don't so that's I've that's never it. heard that term before, and she may have just well, coined I, it. I don't know. I think it's great.
1: Well, that, Yeah, well, that's the dictionary of our new phrases.
0: <laughs> shambles and not competitive. There you go, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, Descendant of Ruanad, I don't, I'm not pronouncing that right, said, Destined to fail, because we were. The way we set up, it was destined to fail. That's totally true. Um, Steve L. said, Davis must start. I'm with you on that. Uh, Yeah. uh, Nicola McCown, McCown, I guess. Nicola McCown said, Chased shit. I'm sorry, I'm going to say shitty instead of city like five times today. Uh, Chased cities' shadows, which, again, that's true. Paul Tran said, Where to start? Yeah, because, yeah, I don't know where to start on this. Boy Wonder Mm -hmm. Baxter said, Played musical statues. Uh, Luke. And I don't get this. Maybe you get this, but I think the fact that it doesn't make sense is why I love it. Luke says, sesame seed buns. It's
1: probably more entertaining than watching Evan. That's,
0: you Evan. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I just thought, I like the idea of somebody saying sesame seed buns and having it not apply at all. <laughs> I love it. And ste, stay, S-T-E, saint, I don't know, Steve Baird, let's say that. Steve Baird says, and you're going to have to tell me what this means. I just think it's funny. Utter piss flaps. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It that just means sounds we, disgusting. We ran
1: very good. we ran very good. Yeah,
0: see, that's the way I interpreted it. But I wasn't sure if it had some disgusting meaning that I didn't know oh. about. Because it sounds dirty. And gross.
1: Yeah. And yeah, one of them.
0: Seedy. So... <laughs> All right, so... Um, I think I mean that's that's a lot of stuff. I think we we have to agree on, although our word uses may not be the same. Um, mm-hmm. I think we'll all think of uh, whenever we think of our our loss against C- City next year, we'll think sesame seed buns. So <laughs> <laughs> so I you got anything else on this man? I think uh, I'm I'm tapped out on this.
1: Uh, three words. Roll on May.
0: Roll on May. Yeah. Yes. So, that is all for our city match reaction. We need to talk. Let's have let's have conversation about mice. Right? Dan Mice has been uh meeting with supporters for uh feedback essentially, mm-hmm. talking to supporters about what they want in the new stadium. And since these uh, meetings have started, some early images of the interior of the stadium, the way they're planning it, have uh, have begun to seep out. Um, things discussing their uh, their plans as well and their inspirations. Um, the, one of the biggest ones that people have been talking about is the fact that they they want a main stand meant to be inspired by Dortmund's yellow wall. Um, yeah, looks huge. Looks huge and awesome. Oh, just going to say key. that. <laughs> um, I, no idea about capacity yet. They're still. They haven't really divulged that information. Yeah. And they haven't really discussed the exterior either. Much. Um,
1: yeah, he said he was he was cautious of of 60k, wasn't he? That was something that kind of came out of the meetings as well, which. And, and he said, you know, the the last the last few seats in the stadium would be the the most expensive and bring in the least revenue. But uh, the, the, I slight I take slight issue with that. In if our ambitions are to be a Champions League club and to, if they are to reach those heights, then if you know, in in the course of that, wouldn't it just save us the expansion if we if we have those the, the you know the 60k and the the expensive seats? Surely, if we do reach the the, the level that we're aspiring for then they, they they should fill themselves out so that's something that I'm slightly cautious of obviously again it's, and I think a lot of people don't realize it's still very much in the de- developmental stages at the moment but um, yeah I t- again I'm sure it'll be talked about thousands and thousands of times until a final numbers actually hashed out
0: yeah we uh, Max and I were talking off camera because every once in a while we do that you know mm. Uh Max doesn't like to admit it, but we totally do that sometimes. <laughs> and uh but no, uh we we're saying that it's it's like a puzzle they have to put together because they have they have to fit it into the 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 land that they have purchased, all right? Um so size-wise it has to fit in there. Um additionally, the exterior is going to have to match you know, uh, the historical significance of the of the surrounding area. Um, and you can't really do a whole lot of destruction of the historical pieces that are that are around the area so there's that um, you got to think about capacity you got to try to figure out how to please everybody in terms of capacity but do what you also feel like is right uh, in terms of uh, economics but also in terms of aesthetics and all that stuff you want to make sure atmosphere is amazing and the big stand is going to contribute to that and um, and additionally, they have uh, they've they've decided to throw in a safe standing section, at least temporarily. That's what the plans. Uh, that's what there there is happen. There is one planned, it seems. Um, mm. Really quick about safe standing. Um, I don't think we have that here in the states, like anywhere. Um, can we talk out- about?
1: I was just gonna say, aren't the outlaws? Well, they Didn't stand they- the whole time, but mm. it's not
0: designed to stand there.
1: Not They're- a designed area to stand in. Yeah
0: yeah it's b- basically it's like hey we've made a decision we're going to stand here yeah. there are still seats there you know what i mean mm. yeah. so it's not like bars where ah, right.
1: i, I understand I, ne- I never knew that i just thought i just thought of that here because you know like you said you, you listed it straight away there that the atmosphere that's the one thing that the, the safe standing generates and mm. it was kind of what my mind jumped to with the outlaws and as you say the 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 yellow wall was the first thing that came to my mind when i saw that big kind of almost vertical stand and you know that full of evertonians would be a sight to be behold
0: um is is the reason that some people are against safe standing is because is that because uh it's difficult to make it as safe as you would want because it is people standing and there are bars so you know what I mean? Like I, I don't yeah. fully. I, I'm I just. I'm trying to interpret this because we don't have these questions here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think obviously after the the, the Hillsborough um, disaster and, and 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 things like that, that it, again, I, 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 I don't think there's any complete black and white answer to it. I just think it, uh, it's, been, it's been, it's seen as a, it just, it's a, it's a pathway straight to you know a disaster or something. Mm. Bad happening, and again, uh, that's why that it's not going to be f- the full the full stand going to be safe standing. So again, mm-hmm. it, I think it's a matter of trial and. But I really, I, I, something that something that came into my mind when I seen where the safe standing area was positioned, it's you know, directly behind the goal. And that that makes me curious to think: will there, will there be nets that? Are, that are set up, you know, similar to ones that I've been to Wolfsburg Stadium. I know they've got them at Wolfsburg. I think I think they've got them at the Camp Nou as well. It's um, you know that all these kind of um, variables factor into again this decision making process or the puzzle, as you say. And you know, we've we we talked about Dan Mice, and we, he's, he's the right man for the job, isn't he? He knows. Yeah, and he loves what he's doing, and it, of course, I think a, a big thing for me is that he, he feels like it's a career-defining project. So obviously, he's going to make sure that this is something that he and all of us can be proud of.
0: Yeah, um, if he's not believing everything he says, then he's doing a really good job acting. Mm. You know what I mean? He has thoroughly immersed himself in in just Everton. It's like he's like. Bathing in Everton, you know what I mean. Yeah, sorry for the image.
1: Yeah, he, he's just <laughs> he's embraced the culture, hasn't he? And hopefully, it's something of that's replicated through the stadium.
0: Yeah, um, people at the meetings all came came away the ones that I've seen on, on Twitter anyway, they all came away very optimistic, um, especially since. Some people were grumbling, like, what's the hold up with this stadium? Why why aren't we seeing yeah. images? I bet this isn't going to happen.
1: Yeah. You know? that, that was something that, that, that was a bit strange for me. The way the, um, as you say, the images kind of seeped out through the fans that were at the meetings. I really thought that they have been planned by the club to release, you know, showing at the AGM earlier in the year or, you know, some sort, sort of release rather than re- relying on them to be seeped out. Yeah. But it, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, Everton are spot on with the way they do the fan consultations anyway. I think the way Everton include the fans and uh, appreciate fan opinions for things like this, because I was involved in the the badge consultation when we tried to change the badge, and they've done a really good job of that. And I think to actually have the man over it himself, Dan Mice, to, to actually talk to the fans, it, 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 I can't see any downsides to it.
0: Yeah, I took the survey uh, for the badge. And I got to be mm. honest, felt important. Mm. It's not often I feel important, but that was kind of <laughs> great. Uh, it, it was. You know what I mean? At least you felt like, you, you felt like your opinion made a difference. Yeah. You know, that was kind of cool. Um, I think, and I, and I didn't realize, I, I've been wondering why these images weren't coming out Um, and I think it may be because they don't want early plans leaking out that are things that they haven't developed as much as they want I think Mm. they want to wait until they implement the fan and supporter uh, input the feedback Mm. they want to implement that and they want to have a better idea before they start showing hey this is our these are our thoughts Um, instead of having to let plans out then the supporters come out and and possibly get, get angry about it, and then they have their feedback, and then they release new plans. Mm. If you sit there and have bunches of new plans leaking out all the time, you you officially release them, then it becomes just like you've put out so many damn images. Who can keep track? Yeah. So I'm starting to understand the thought process behind mm. it a little. Um, yeah. I mean, not a little. I, I understand it. Um, yeah. The comparisons that everybody uh, are making about this, you know, with the new designs, as far as the exterior goes, the interior goes, people are comparing it to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, where the Indianapolis Colts play, which is a, a, one of my favorite NFL stadiums in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're thinking also is the fact that the outside is not, the exterior of that stadium is not like, overly modern. It's just, it looks sort of, I don't know, it looks classic.
1: It looks like a fortress. Yeah. And uh, again, that's, that's one of the principles that they've tried to, tried to push, isn't it?
0: But the, the interesting thing about it though, if you look at it from certain angles, it doesn't look like, hey, this is an American football stadium at all. And it doesn't, it doesn't look like a bowl. You know?
1: Yeah, that's something that then sort of, um, caught my eye as well. The, 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 with the, the corner the, because it's the ground meat, it wasn't a ball, and I think it's not. And he knows
0: he does. He knows we don't want that.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I think. A lot of fans were over the moon with that because you know the the ball it, it bring it brings the the West Ham connotations and a lot a lot of ground, The kind of have that ball shape. I, I've always felt like the they always feel more like arenas to me mm-hmm. rather than you know football stadiums and. Again, it promotes more atmosphere. I think.
0: Well, it, it does, and it's I mean, a lot of it is the acoustics, right? Um, that's a big part of it. Uh, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I'm I'm so glad that we're watch we're studying Dortmund's, you know, stadium yeah. and, and how they've yeah, such a good idea because that's one of the most fun games when you watch them on TV at least. I'm assuming in person it's even better, but yeah, uh, yeah the atmosphere there is. Awesome. So um it feels I don't know. I think what we're gonna get I love the idea of of a historic looking exterior and and the designs inside. I'm totally I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a naive American who doesn't know a whole lot about stadium design. Mm. Football stadium design. You know, I see a lot of American football designs, you know, here, but I, I've never I haven't really studied the you know European football or actually you know normal football uh, stadium design in terms of atmosphere. Um, yeah, I think this looks awesome.
1: Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of um. I've I've talked several uh, as you know the the university that I that I go to you know it's a football university. I've I've attended several lectures where you know it it's discussed about stadia and you know how to get the most out of what you state and the the factors and and the the thought process that goes into it you know you need to so one of the things that blew my mind was how you need to look at where the sun would would hit the grass and just all all things like that you know something that you wouldn't think of at the top of your head but you know I think it just goes to show that the task that's on our hands and Mm -hmm. fingers crossed it all goes right
0: yeah yeah definitely um I'm curious about roof yeah. and how that's going to work out. Uh, that's why, you know, the that's why, you know, we don't really know those specifics yet. Mm. We'll just have to see. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be, you know, literally on, on the riverside. So there's the wind is going to be a factor. Yeah. So, I mean, we need something to kind of cut that a bit. Yeah. Because um, I noticed on the designs, there was one that was north-south oriented and one that was more east-west oriented. Because I guess they haven't decided which, yeah. with pros and cons of each, um, as though they haven't figured that out yet. Which I think is it's good that they're letting supporters have a conversation about that. Um, yeah. So uh, capacity is something we've discussed before. The um, Toffee Blues Twitter account did a survey. About uh, about about capacity of the new stadium um, and what people would want. Results are, are interesting. Ten uh, percent said they wanted forty-five thousand to fifty thousand. Thirty-one percent said fifty thousand to fifty-five fifty. Let me just say that. Thirty-one <coughs> percent right. uh, said fifty thousand to fifty-five thousand. Forty-six percent said fifty-five thousand to sixty thousand. And thirteen percent said sixty plus. I was expecting a higher percentage for sixty plus, because a lot of people were saying, you know, j- you know, just over sixty-one thousand. You know, that's what a lot, a lot of people were, you know. Yeah. What, what was it? Uh,
1: sixty-one. Was it sixty-one eight seventy-eight? Yeah. Eighteen that seven. That yeah. was like the the cryptic yeah. little uh, message thrown up by Dan mice. But uh, as I said earlier. I really do feel like if we want to stay true to our long-term ambitions of of, of reaching the heights of Champions League and com- consistently competing for Europe, then those the, the sixty thousand should sell themselves. Mm. And so I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far to say sixty plus. I, 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 me myself, I'd be in the fifty five to sixty bracket. Mm. Um, you know, the upper the upper echelons of that, anyway.
0: Before, before I had a whole lot of conversations. I was thinking sixty plus, you know, a little over sixty. Just, just because I felt like we need to be competing with the bigger, bigger clubs, um, yeah. the ones that have those bigger stadiums. We need to be doing that. Um, but if we've get if we've got fifty five to sixty, and our atmosphere is tight, if our atmosphere is just insane to play in mm. I'm good
1: you know what yeah. I mean I'm so yeah. good with that yeah because you know you see, you see the examples at, you know Manchester City the prime example at the minute their stadium they don't sell that out every week yeah. and they're, they're by far the best the team's ever been and you know again you've just got to think practically about the, the, these sorts of things
0: yeah so uh any other anything else to add about this? Uh, about these, we, we've had some news. We've had some twitching on the stadium. Yeah. It's great. It's still alive.
1: We have, <laughs> we have. yeah. I, I, I just feel like in the the continuity of, of, of news, I think needs to be keep it coming. Just just keep us informed because I feel like you know, it's, I think the, ta- the 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 timing of these fan consultations have have been really evident. To me, to use that phrase, I feel like you know, once we have a defeat like we do against Manchester City, you know, so they plan perfectly between Manchester City and the Derby. So, yeah, you know, we might get beat by City, we might be, get beat by Liverpool, but the stadium's going to be fresh on everyone's mind. So here's
0: some positivity. That's positivity. So true. We're trained to be cynical and jaded. <laughs> That's the way it is. Um. Cool. Very cool. So this is on that down note. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna be happy about it. I'm good. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's it for our uh, stadium news uh, segment. Let's hope uh, the communications team at Everton keeps pushing out information. That'd be great because you mm-hmm. see it on Twitter all the time. People. It's one of their big complaints. Because we need information in a more uh, steady and sometimes professional manner. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's it for that. So we have potentially some good news. It, it's a little startling and strange. Um, there is seemingly real Everton transfer news in early April. Has this been said before? I don't know. I know we've mm-hmm. heard we've heard some rumors that uh, Everton are close to uh, signing Wilshire, but these are rumors. Who knows? But this this is a an actual uh, an actual. Rumor from a uh, from a journalist in Argentina. I think I need to. I'm not really sure about that actually. But um, anyway, uh, Emiliano Radi on Twitter has said Frank Fabra will be will be next Everton player. And this is translated from Spanish, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Last week, his representative traveled to England and advanced in the offer. Uh, Boca claims for the Colombian player, the offer would exceed 5 million euros. Okay, that's paraphrased a little bit. Um, but essentially, the term, and I and I looked at the translation myself because I speak a de, you know, some decent Spanish. Uh, it does say he will be next Everton player. That is exactly what it means. Okay, yeah. now, um, I've read on another publication where they were saying that his agent had come out and said uh, that he had had no contact from Everton on a, on a different day, like earlier in the week. And the reason mm-hmm. that, uh, that the agent was there was because they already happened to be there because of uh, international play. Mm. Because Frank Fabra is a Colombian international, uh, and he's a left back. All right? Should have said that at the beginning. But he's a left-back that plays for Boca Juniors in Argentina. Um, He's 27. He's quick. He's pretty strong. Uh, He's Very good going forward. The only uh, complaints that I've seen is that he's – I've seen some people say he's not a great defender. I've seen other people say he's a good defender, but he makes the odd mistake. Um, Immediately my mind jumps to Funes Mori. But uh, I'm thinking that his mistakes aren't – quite as obvious, but, um, you know, who knows? We haven't seen Phoenix Mori play in forever, so who knows, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, we're talking about a player that seems like he's very different to Leighton Baines. It seems like he's the opposite of Leighton Baines, you know, someone who's very quick. Um, we have no idea how his service is. We, that's the opposite of Leighton Baines. Uh, Mm. uh, he may not be quite as good at defending. Leighton Baines is a great defender. So, Yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of plug him in and swap him and Leighton Baines next season, you know, for different Mm.
1: looks. It's the left-back discussion that should have happened in January, really. I I said this off-camera, I hate talking about transfer speculation when we're not in the middle of a transfer window. And, you know, given the instability at Everton at the minute, you know the the manager the the position of manager and the position of director of football do not seem like stable jobs at the minute so I don't think they're in any position to be exactly calling shots on long term plans yeah um again I, I haven't seen much of, of Fabra myself so and Argentinian league again it's it, it's this gamble
2: uh,
1: mm. that we're, we're unsure of and a, around five million euros or you know, whatever the the, the valuation is, it, it just it just makes you think. You know, where's where's this um, where's the spending power? Because le- le- left back is left back is this position that I feel like because we we've seen straight away as soon as Baines and Coleman have come back into the team, we saw how integral they are to mm-hmm. to our play, and we depend on them a lot going forward. And it's it, it a it's a risk. Associated mm-hmm. with this, and again, as you say, 27 years old, it's, it's, it's supposedly a, a player in his prime, mm-hmm. so
0: you need to play immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly,
0: I'd get angry if he wasn't playing immediately. Um, but for that price, less of a risk, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, again,
1: it's kind of like the Sandro thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, um, I think about the fact that our left back situation, um, Baines, Garbutt, uh Anthony Robinson, who will be back next season. Mm. Um if if one of them had to kind of deputize every once in a while for Baines, that's not too bad. You know? Um let's pretend like we signed F- Frank Fabra and he doesn't he doesn't perform. We you know, that's a risk. And that happens. Mm. And that's what happened with Sandro. He went out on loan and we're probably gonna sell him for more than we bought him.
1: Mm-hmm
0: all right, um, the problem is we needed to rely on someone like Sandro, and he was not able to perform at a time when we needed him yeah um that's that's the issue that I see is possibly having to rely on youth uh but to be honest with you, these are players that I think we see as as future everton players as far as at Robinson especially. You know, I, yeah. I think, I believe the club views him as someone who could come in and play.
1: Yeah, you, you know, we, we've seen what happens when you you, um, you throw someone in the deep water at left-back, so mm-hmm. to speak, with Cuco Martina, and that was, um, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, I the, the lad did improve over mm-hmm. his time playing in that position, but it was just all a bit of a calamity, wasn't it, because he was, because at least uh, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that for granted. At least if we do bring this lad in, it's his natural position. And mm-hmm. yeah, is he is he a left footer by the way? Because I know you know more about him than well, I do. The
0: only positions he has played is left back and left mid. Okay, and mm-hmm. so I, I'm assuming his left is his dominant foot, but uh, I believe I've seen footage of him scoring some goals with his right. As well. Um, so, uh, I think this season he has two goals and three assists. I like seeing no. the assists there, but that is in 17 games. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I don't know his stats for Colombia, because uh, this news just came out uh, a little while before we recorded. Um, mm. So, I have some research, but not all of it. Uh, you hit on something I wanted to talk about, okay? Um Making signings at a time where we, we may have some, we're probably going to have some transition. All right. Um, <clears throat> the big rumors are Wilshire and Fabra. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilshire's a good player. We talked about him. Uh, injury risk, but some experience uh, adds something we don't really have in the middle. Cool. Um, but you've heard Sam say he really admi- admires him. So would that mm. be a Sam signing?
1: Yeah, but I think so. But at the same time, I feel like Wilshere is one of those players that is good to have in your arsenal because he's, a, well, ironically, but um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very... <laughs> Why did that take
0: me a second?
1: It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's very uh. versatile. I, I think Jack Wilshire, you know, you can play him deep or you can play a further forward in the midfield. So, again, and it, it depends on who we do bring in, how he wants to use his full-backs because yeah. I know Fonseca, one of the things I'm very excited about with Fonseca if Fonseca is the one to come in is that he similar to you know throwing it back to the Moise era towards the end of the Moyes era Martinez that, at the start of the Martinez era you know how how dominant we, were we when we used our full backs as an attacking outlet and mm-hmm. um, I know that's something that Fonseca really does, does, does focus on so and if this lad is good at going forward then that, that, that should all, you know, that, that should suit him perfectly. But again, as I say, it's just so, it's just not the right time to be calling shots or making assumptions when everything's so insecure.
0: See, I'm torn by this too. Uh, I agree with you. However, I love the fact that we see a need and we're addressing it as soon as we can. We're not saving it because mm. think about it. World Cup summer, All right buying players in the latter half of the transfer window is not going to be always the easiest thing, especially if they're on World Cup squads. Yeah. So I think, and this is what I'm hoping, that we already know who's coming in, all right, and he's Mm -hmm. being consulted on some of these signings.
1: Hopefully, I mean.
0: That's what I'm hoping for. And to be honest with you, Walsh, I, I think Walsh was one of the main voices behind the Cenk Tosin signing, and I think that was a great signing. Yeah, you know, and that was a risk. I think a lot of people would have said that's a risk.
1: Yeah, the, those are the type of, of signings that we we expect from Walsh. Though you know, mm-hmm. these hidden gems is exactly. the phrase we always use. There's always, um, I, think, I think, we we you know we were a little not, not disappointed. So but, you know, we were underwhelmed with. Walcott and, you know, some some of the names that he brought in, Mangala. They were all kind of casts off from top six clubs. But. Oh,
0: it's awful, but I totally forgot Mangala played for us at the beginning of this year. I totally forgot. That's terrible. Mm. You know, no, I mean, he had a I bad did. knee injury. I feel like a dick. My fault. Yeah. Ilya My bad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Very unfortunate. But. Yeah, shitty. Again, if this if this um, if this is a hidden gem that he's managed to find the Boca juniors, then I'm sure even if he is to leave his position and the lad does come in, we'll be thanking him for that because if it, if it turns out to be someone that, as you, as you say, we we manage right, we don't because I think if we bring him in, he'll be expected to to hit the ground running whenever they, whenever called upon mm. because we'll have to be, we'll be in the process of really phasing Baines out and.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is a, a sad thought because of, you know, the dependability of Leighton Baines at left back has been phenomenal, yeah. you know, o- over the years. And but it, after, after January, it really is a position that we need to look at because we've seen what what happens when we aren't prepared for someone to step in.
0: Yeah, I think uh, with Baines, it's going to start to go a lot like Jagielka, you know, where he'll have games where he should be the unquestioned starter, and you say, why would you play anyone else? You know mm-hmm. what were we thinking to doubt that, and then he'll have a game where he looks slower. there's a quicker player there and and they're they're making him look like he's running in molasses, you know mm-hmm. and it's it's just going to happen like that. Rooney same thing. these are players that we can get good minutes out of though these are players that can still do a lot for us, but I don't think they're every game starters anymore moving forward, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think it's it's a lot to ask a player in his you know over 30 to play every game. All right, Uh, I agree. You know, and just just to be a deep enough team, you know. So why don't we start off by putting playing playing Baines, uh, in the in the league and then play uh, Fabra. You know, during cup games and then if Baines needs a rest, you bring Fabra in. You know what I mean? Something like that. And that's if he's yeah. That's if he's up to up to snuff. You know, if mm. he's if he's able. Because if he's not, if he doesn't look anywhere close to Premier League quality, then you have new conversations. Yeah. You know, do you give the kids a look? Uh, or do you bring somebody else in and loan him out? And I don't know. I have no idea. But I know he can get a work permit because he plays for the national team. Right. Yes.
2: So that's the th- sure.
0: We don't have another Onyakuru situation.
1: No, I was just going to say, so it's not Anyakuru. it's... It's viable.
0: Yeah, um, I was actually really excited. Um, I would prefer Joe Bryan personally. Uh, I think he was my ideal left back candidate because he was the guy who's gonna come in and be your your left back for you know ten years. That'd be great. Yeah, but that would. Uh, I have a feeling they were asking way more than we wanted. Um, yeah. Which is a bummer, because we're supposed to be rich. Um, yeah,
1: supposedly. Supposed but again, again, as I said before, if, if they're asking it, pay it. Because it, it's a chance to build a back forward that we can
0: yeah.
1: really start looking at you know forming this team. Because even now, we're still not 100% sure on what our best start on eleven is, really.
0: A uh, quick update on the Frank Fabra situation. Um... In this particular episode, we've been kind of crediting Walsh, which may be the case. However, something has come out that apparently PSV were also interested in signing Frank Fabra earlier in the year, like in February, and the director of football for PSV is Marcel Bronze. So uh, that may be a pure coincidence, or it could be we have a new incoming director of football who is already beginning to pull strings. So, apologies for the uh, handheld uh, video, and apologies for the apologies for the sound quality. Yeah, all right. Back to the show. Do you think Everton's I, thinking their mindset is bring in Fabra, keep Anthony Robinson over here, and when Baines phases out, Fabra into starter, bring in. Anthony
1: Robinson to kind of deputise there. That's very, very possible, and I know a lot of people will will listen to that and say, "Well, Anthony Robinson just might end up being another, another one of those lads who goes out on loan and totally end up going." Totally might be. But, but if you watch, if you do watch Anthony Robinson, he really doesn't seem like his career is going to take that path. He really looks like he's um, he's learning and developing what the what the purposes of a loan are to to learn and to develop as a player, he really looked like he took those steps as you've seen buying him, getting getting a call up to the the US national squad, and you know fingers crossed the lad does make that progression into the first team. And as you say, if if that's the approach we're going to take with it, then mm. I don't think many of us will have a, a problem with that because uh, you know we we've got belief in Anthony Robinson there.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh... With those young players, those, those championship loans are great for physical conditioning. Uh, mm. If you look at usually the first time a kid goes on loan to the championship, they have bad injury problems. You know, it's always nagging stuff. They're out part of the season, they come back, you know, and then they're out again. There's a lot of in and out stuff, and mm. it's because they can't handle the physical nature. And it's not yeah. just the, the actual you know banging around it's the fact you play so many games yeah it is it is really hard on your body but when you come out of there you're carved out of wood yeah that's a line from fight club (laughs) just saying but but yeah you are you know i look at kieran dowell i was worried he was going to have injury problems this season and i think he's a tougher stronger player now Mm. yeah now i worry that his level has has descended a bit in terms of the quality of football he's playing, but he's lasting. He's literally going the distance, and that's big. you mm. know? Um, and, and, and and A Robinson is doing the same thing. He's playing the season the whole season. That means he's going to be way more able to play the amount of games in the Premier League when it's time, yeah, if it ever comes time. So um, yeah. but this is a Fabra video. we're just we're just examining the whole left back situation
1: yeah the the, the left back situation is a whole thing of itself isn't it really
0: yeah i feel better about right back though because i feel i i i still think john joe Kenny is is serviceable you know i did not think he did i thought he did a better job at right back than martina when martina was playing right back so like. I you know, and I just don't know how Martino's gonna come back next season, even though it seems like he's a super hardworking guy and coaches love yeah.
1: him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good professional, maybe not the talent level that we need. I said maybe. It's probably not the word, right word. Mm. <laughs> just trying to be nice. So <laughs> so uh so yeah, uh whether or not this is a Sam or Walsh signing that remains to be seen as we may be having a new manager and a new director of football coming in. However, if we have a new director of football, it's possible that Walsh will stay on as a scout position, which is what he's used to. Because it does seem like he's been a little, uh, you know, out of his depth when it comes to the director of football position. Mm. Um, Bring someone who's done it before, let Walsh do what he normally does. You know? Makes sense. So if that's the case, then this signing still works if Walsh is still gonna be around. So um unless they're talking to our new top secret manager.
1: Mm. Commenting on his Instagram photos.
0: Mm. Paolo. <laughs> uh it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy when it's totally not him. Uh, <laughs> there's all this Fonseca love, and then all of a sudden we're like, "Oh, damn!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eddie Howe, wow, ah, we didn't see that coming. So <laughs> I really wouldn't see that coming, even though people are suggesting it. Um, so I think we covered covered this thoroughly, like way more thoroughly than expected. Yeah. Um, so that is it for our Frank Fabra segment. Uh, maybe we sign him. You know, I think we'll always welcome more left-back depth, especially for uh, just over 5 million euros. So, um, uh, Anyway, uh, that is also it for the big show. Podcasters out there, thank you for listening. Uh, Please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. Um, And just be nice. Leave us a kind review. Um, Yeah, something like, I don't know, their voices sound nice. <laughs> no one would ever say that about mine. But anyway, maybe Max's. Maybe you like Max's voice. Just say it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, please, uh, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, Re- give a like, give a give a comment, all that stuff. Um, we're nearing 700 subscribers, shooting for a thousand. Tell some uh, tell some fellow blues about it. We'd uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. The Toffee Blues website has all kinds of Everton analysis, uh, including stuff by Max. All right? There's also some stuff uh, on there by by David, who appears on this show but is not on till he gets Wi-Fi in his new place, his new beautiful place. So, uh, yeah. I think that's it. No more plugging. Hey, time to edit. My whole life, editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's, that's all. Max, thanks so much. uh for for myself, Jerry and for Max. Thanks a lot. And bye. Bye. bye.